Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Indianapolis, AFC South, Stampede Blue, let's air it out, fly route, let's air it out, topics, loaded like offense, Colt-centric, talk about it often, Stampede Blue, let's air it out. Welcome back to another Stampede Blue Colts cast, ladies and gentlemen, I'm your host Matt Damley, thank you guys for coming back to another show, Uh, as we talked about earlier in the week, we've got a pretty exciting matchup coming on here, the Colts coming fresh off their 21-7 win in the wild card round against the Houston Texans. This week, a little bit more of a a vaunted team that the Colts are going to be coming up against. They're going to travel to Kansas City in the divisional round to meet the Chiefs. Uh, Just kind of quietly the number one offense in the league, mind you. So this is going to be a tall task for the Colts. Uh, Joining me on the show tonight is Pete Sweeney, the editor-in-chief of Arrowhead Pride. Pete, thank you for joining us tonight. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, let's let's kick this off. Let's let's get busy here. What <clears throat> exactly do the Kansas City, aside from just the scoring? I mean, what are the Chiefs' real highlights in this offense, on their defense, just in general? What do they bring in general to the playoffs that makes them the team to beat more or less in the AFC? You know, obviously before a month or so ago, you would say Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, and Kareem Hunt. Those mm-hmm. were kind of the main four, and obviously the thing went down with Kareem Hunt, and he was released, so now it's down to the three. And whether or not Sammy Watkins even plays in this game, to me, uh, is still a question at this point. I was at practice today, and he had his foot wrapped up, and that changes the game a little bit because I think it opens up the other two. Watkins didn't have even a tremendous amount of production uh, early this year when he was playing, but he hasn't played since week 11. But the difference is, and you've seen it in the Chiefs' offense, is when he isn't on the field, it's a little bit more manageable. Mm-hmm. So I think having all of them available is going to be key for them. But, I mean, you think about Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey in their own right. Those are two guys that I think offer uh, a weapon that not a lot of players in the league have. When you know, Travis Kelsey, to me, is He's got those receiver skills in a tight end body, and that's so hard to defend for anyone. And then Tyreek Hill has that elite speed. I saw Frank Reich even said today, there's elite speed, and then there's Tyreek Hill. So those are two tough people to deal with. <laughs> right. Yeah, they, I tell you, it's, it's, it's a lot to deal with for the Colts' defense. Now, the Colts' defense comes in here, and just kind of the way I'm looking at of some of the other teams now, I thought it was really interesting You know what the Chargers did to Baltimore to kind of take care of them. I don't think that New England's defense is quite maybe fit to deal with a team like the Chiefs. I feel like the Colts might have uh, the best uh, suited defense here to really give uh, the Chiefs a little bit of trouble offensively. 
Yeah, you know what? And even if you go back to last week, I, mean, I know Katie had 110 yards, but the idea of holding DeAndre Hopkins just to 37 yards means to me, not the exact, not that they're the exact same, but I think they could take Tyree Kill out of the game. Like To me, the thing that's going to be a question mark when it comes to the Colts' defense is Kelsey. Mm-hmm. And exactly. what's funny about that is the Colts really aren't, I, I don't find great at managing tight ends, but neither are the Chiefs. So Ebron versus Kelsey becomes a matchup, and then I think on the other side of the football, you look at the Colts' offensive line, well, the, the Chiefs' rush is, is a strength. So I think that's the other one I, I kind of look at in this game. Right, and, that, and Kelsey, I'm glad you brought that up because that's kind of where I was going to go to next. If you look at him and, and kind of the way that the Colts run these soft zones, especially in the middle of the field, that really puts a lot of pressure on the Colts' linebackers to not only be effective against the run, to help in, uh, against the blitz or with the blitz, but also, they've got to really cover a lot of area with him, and he's a hell of a route runner. So this is not somebody that's just going to go sit down in zones. This is a guy who's going to pick apart uh, a defense for a big time, and I think the Colts really have to weigh what they allow to be done to them defensively. You know, is it? I, they haven't given up a lot of big shots downfield throughout the season, but at the same time, they've, they're going to have two guys at different levels of the field a lot of times, like you just mentioned, and that's going to be tough. That's going to be tough to deal with. Travis Kelsey, I find to be the most important non-Patrick Mahomes chief, Mm -hmm. just because of what he offers as far as body type and, as you were saying, route running and and receiving. He's just so hard to defend, not only for the Indianapolis Colts, but for anybody. And you think back to last year against the Tennessee Titans, the Chiefs were supposed to run away with that game, and they were. But all of a sudden, Travis Kelsey suffers a concussion, and the Chiefs become a little bit ordinary. And granted, listen, Patrick Mahomes is as talented as they come, but what Travis Kelsey offers, I mean, I think he makes any quarterback better, and, and that's, that is certainly the case, I think, even in this matchup. Now, one of the things that Mahomes is really, really good at now, he's not the runner uh, like a Deshaun Watson necessarily or those guys. He's a little underplayed as an athlete, I think, but at the same time, mm-hmm. he man, he excels outside of the pocket. How I mean, do the Colts – have because the Colts don't really have a true edge rusher right now with you know the, the way that they've currently got their defense constructed how much of a, a difficulty is that going to add to the Colts defensively in terms of being able to uh, keep Mahomes kind of uh, you know kind of keep him packaged in a little bit to where he can't make those big plays you know, it's funny because you asked Patrick Mahomes about the running and, and his ability because he, he seems to like have some speed, not as much as you saw with Alex Smith, but speed enough where he can damage you on the ground. I think he had about 60 rushes for nearly uh, 300 yards this year when he had to. And you ask him about it, he doesn't, he doesn't prefer to run. He, he doesn't think he's that fast, but he can scoot. And that's, that's going to be a thing where I think the Colts, uh, linebackers and their def- de- defense are going to have to hold the edge a little bit because he can hurt you. And, and if and if he can't find a, a, a lane downfield, his vision is so good that he finds it with his legs. And it, it, it can. But but what's what's hard to defend about that, especially, is when he rolls out to his right, rolls out to his left. At all at the same time, he's extending the play. Like you talk to some of these uh, Chiefs receivers. He'll tell you it's exhausting playing with Patrick Mahomes because the play is never over. And he, get, and he preaches that. He says, keep on running. And I think that dual threat, again, certainly more of a passer than a, than a rusher, but there's always the possibility. It makes him, we know. And you've seen it on film. That's why he, he was able to have so much success this year, I think even through the year with the 50 touchdowns and the 5,000 yards. So what do the Chiefs then offer in the running game here with kind of a, I wouldn't say depleted running game, but it's a different running game here with the Williams, you know, uh, guys, Chark Hendrick West. Where, where where do the Colts 
really i mean is there is there one of these guys that's going to be able to take uh you know kind of the ball and and roll with it for the chiefs or is this something that's going to be more of like a three-pronged attack what what are they going to be dealing with the chiefs are best uh i I think when they had kareem hunt but now that he's out of the picture it's damian williams and spencer ware the only problem is dame or spencer ware hasn't played in a few weeks so you're down to sharkandrick west who came back to the team in the middle of the year after the hunt thing and Daryl Williams, a rookie out of LSU, is kind of like a bruiser like Spencer Ware, but just not as polished yet. Mm-hmm. So I think what you'll see is a lot of Damian Williams. If Spencer Ware can't go, Daryl Williams will take some snaps here and there. The thing about that stuff that's tough to uh, guard with Damian is he has that dual threat ability. He, he's very good with pass catching out of the backfield, and he can hurt you that way. But as far as if Spencer Ware can't go, then the Chiefs will really be missing Almost that Marlon Mack type runner that can that can hurt you really on the ground, and, and so it, they're best when they have both of those guys uh, available. So it'll be something to watch. Spencer Ware did practice limitedly, you know, when we're recording this on Tuesday, but it remains to be seen if he plays in this game because he just hasn't in the past few weeks as he deals with a hamstring injury. And hamstrings, you know, like you see in this game, you never know. Right. So let's look at one more aspect here. When you look at what the what the Chiefs do have offensively. Um, obviously, Mahomes, you know, leading the league in touchdown passes, uh, has basically their offense has been fantastic. They've taken a couple hits. Obviously, you know what I'm saying with Hunt being out. But what do what presents them a problem with this Colts defense? The Colts have been good against the run. Their linebackers have been very good, both in coverage and against the run. And their secondary is starting to get better. Is there any one player you're looking at on the Colts defense right now that kind of makes you say? that might present a problem for our offense. I, I'd say the, the, the times when Patrick Mahomes was hurt the most is when the opposing team had an opportunity to get in his face and, and knock him down. And, and so it, it, it comes to me is, is, is can, can someone come get in there and, and shove him to the ground, whether it be um, a Leonard, uh, you know, some, some, just someone that can make sure to, to, to bring – Mahomes down and, and hit him hard and hit him early and hit him often because you saw that I think a little bit in Denver in the first half and then New England um, later on in the season to me that was that was when he looked somewhat human mm-hmm. and so it, again if you can sack him and you can and you can he can start you know hearing footsteps a little bit I think that's that's what, what what can get you going because again the Chiefs don't really have a ground game where you can start just dumping it off. At, anymore once you lost hunt which was kind of like a safety net it really becomes a passing game for the Kansas City Chiefs right and you know offensively you look at how good the Chiefs were in the red zone this year that's that's a that's a problem the only good thing for the Colts in that regard is that the Colts were pretty pretty well equipped defensively in the red zone I think that they were 11th uh, in the league whereas the Chiefs were second offensively in the league so that's going to be a fun matchup for me to watch because I think, you know, with with the weapons, including Kelsey, that they've got there in the red zone, it's just going to be a battle. And that's going to be one that I think both coaches uh, and really both sets of coaching staffs in general are really going to have to focus on in this game. Yeah, I think it drives Chiefs fans a little bit crazy because the defensive coordinator, Bob Sutton, who gets a lot of heat here in Kansas City, his thing that he preaches is they're not in it until they're in. So. His, he, you know, he, he strives to even stop them, or the opposing team, you know, when they get into the red zone, where a lot of Chiefs fans would prefer if maybe they could stop them before they get to the 50-yard line. <laughs> so that's certainly something to watch. 
And I, I, I will say, uh, this Chiefs offense hasn't looked the same really in, in, in about a month. And I, I pinpoint the time that Hunt was released and Watkins was hurt. And so you don't really know what it is. A lot of people out there will tell you it's Watkins' presence that is missing from this offense because he just he, he provided such a decoy for these other weapons. And, and you see the impact of that. Hunt is, isn't coming back. So, again, Watkins to me is someone to watch as well. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting you mentioned that. And I looked at it uh, earlier tonight, and uh, actually uh, earlier last night, and the Chiefs were averaging, I think, 41 through their first, uh, what, uh, 11 games and, and offensively right. and then through the last five they've averaged about 32 so you you say okay they've lost nine points a game but 32 is still a, a lot of points for an offense and for a defense to stop so that's I mean right you you look at yes they may not be quite as high powered as they were but man if you're breaking 30 points every night and I mentioned to the listeners the other night the Colts have to get 34 in this game to win I mean, in order for the Colts to have a chance to win, they've got to get to 34 points. They just do. You certainly think that it would be in the 30s. I just felt like at the beginning of the season, like you were saying, I think when you get to the 40s and so on and so forth, you feel like you're dominating teams. So it it has certainly felt like a lull, and I think that's the thing that's scariest about this game for Chiefs fans is the Chiefs on defense have never really been that good, and offensively they're – Sort of, in a way, on the decline. I mean, you lose two out of your three last regular season games. In a way, you're backing into the number one seed if there's even a possibility to do that. And I think the thing that's scary about this matchup for people in Kansas City is the Colts really like couldn't be hotter. They're the hottest team right. to me in football. And so a lot of times when you think about the NFL playoffs, it really isn't the best team who wins. It's a team that's playing the best at the uh, right time. And, again, that that is a little bit scary because, again, you're thinking about the Colts, and they're playing with house money here. Right. Absolutely. Uh, Folks, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and talk a little bit more about the Chiefs defense right after this with Pete Sweeney. All right, Colts fans, we have a great deal for you. Let me tell you guys about TickPick, this amazing app to buy tickets to any game, concert, or other event. Are you looking for tickets to this week's game and want to know exactly what you're going to pay for those tickets? I do. And if you do too, then TickPick and their amazing and simple app is right up your alley. The TickPick app is extremely easy to use, and best of all, there are absolutely no surprises at checkout. Listen, you find the game, find the seat you want, and you're all set. Think StubHub without any fees. You get the same tickets, same seller, but absolutely zero fees. You save 10 to 15% on every ticket order, and get this. For our listeners, they're offering you an amazing offer of $15 off any single order over $99 through the end of the season. All you have to do is enter SB Colts as your gift code at checkout. This isn't a sign-up-only offer either. They went all in for you guys. Not only do I use TickPick, but I approached them and wanted to get the word out on this company because it was so stinking easy and nobody likes to find the seats they want, then get that smack in the face at checkout of another $35 to $50 in fees being added. I'll never use another ticket app again. It's very user-friendly and you get the same great tickets with lightning quick ticket transfers. Remember, that's TickPick and use the gift code SBCOLTS to save yourself $15 on any order over $99. Go to TickPick and take advantage of this offer to two-day, 100% verified Colts tickets without any fees. All right, guys, welcome back. All right, Pete, let's talk about the Chiefs' defense. This has been uh, kind of their Achilles heel this year and has kind of, on, in all respects, has really gotten them kind of to where they were over those last five games. They were 3-2. and two. They had to go to OT with the Ravens, which is no slouch defensively, of course. But, you know, you see that they allowed 33 points to the Raiders. They did blow them out in the final week of the season. 
But, you know, taking that L to, to the Seahawks, um, obviously a loss to the Chargers is, is no, you know, is no, no knock on them either. But this has been a different team, and defensively, this is really where they struggle. Uh, we talked about the red zone in the first half of the show for them. They are the second worst team in the league in red zone defense at a, at a, an amazing rate here. Uh, they are allowing, <clears throat> excuse me, they're allowing, they allowed 42 touchdowns and 58 red zone attempts this year, which is 72.4%. That is insanity right there. Um, mentioned that that's going to be a big part of the matchup here, the red zone back and forth and, and vice versa for each team, whereas the Colts are pretty good in the red zone offensively. The the Chiefs look to, you know, they're obviously one of the bottom couple teams in the league. Is that going to play a part? You know, it sounds simple and cliche and, and, and easy, but it, but it's just so true. And this is what, again, is scary for the Chiefs in this matchup, is they struggle against really good quarterbacks. The best defensive performances they've had all year came against Derek Carr. They came against Andy Dalton in the nighttime. They came against Blake Bortles. They seem to struggle against quarterbacks like a Russell Wilson, you know, like a Phillip Rivers. They lost against Tom Brady, Jared Goff when he was playing really well in the middle of the year. And again, you look at Andrew Luck, and he's just kind of had this resurgence. And so... Man, is that worrisome if you're a Chiefs fan? And that's why I, you know, I know we're getting into the defense now, but I think that's why it's so important in the minds of Chiefs fans that Patrick Mahomes and this offense gets back to that dominant fashion. Because you're saying, oh yeah, the Colts are going are to need 34 points on Saturday. Well, the Chiefs may need 40. <laughs> well, they might. It's possible. I mean, you, <laughs> I mean, it, it just kind of depends. I think that a lot of Colts fans are actually a little worried just because you know they they go through a little stretch here about three or four weeks ago for a few weeks to where they weren't scoring early in the game, but then they were coming back and getting hotter in the second, third, and fourth quarters, whereas in the past two weeks, they've been electric in their first couple drives and then have kind of petered out throughout the rest of the game. And that's something that they understand and we understand that that cannot happen against this Chiefs team because, the, A, if you give them the ball back, you allow them to take a possession away from you, that this is going to be something that where they can put the nail in the coffin in a hurry, especially in Arrowhead, and that's a scary situation, a scary uh, you know possibility for a Colts offense that really is kind of relying on some of their momentum, as you mentioned, winning 10 of their last 11. That's something that they, they really need. They have to be perfect through a large portion of this game, I think. Yeah, and I think it's sort of, and again, I don't mean to, to sound cliche, but it's sort of the, the race to 14, because I think if the Colts, like they did against the Houston Texans, can get out to a quick lead, then they can turn into possession game and really run it down the Chiefs' throats and really just keep the ball out of Mahomes' hands. Whereas if the Chiefs, for example, they get out to a 14 nothing lead or a 14-point lead, then all of a sudden they can make it a shootout, and the Colts have to pass, and then all of a sudden Mahomes can pass again. And so I know it, it sounds like, oh, yeah, of course the team that scores 14 points is going to win, but I think especially in this game, I think quicksand in both cases is very possible. Mm -hmm. So, man, getting out to a fast start, Andy Reid likes to defer sometimes when he wins the toss. I wouldn't recommend it in this game. Just get out to a 14-point lead as soon as you possibly can, whether you be the Colts or the Chiefs. I think that one of the issues when you look at Chiefs fans, they're looking at what's happened the last couple of weeks with the Colts. The Colts have been running the ball really well. Marlon Mack had 148 yards this past week. 
The Chiefs have given up at least 119 rushing yards in 12 games this year. Uh, they've given up over 2,100 rushing yards throughout the season. But there's an interesting like kind of caveat to this. They've, I mean, th- they, they lost to the Patriots. They gave up 173. They lost to the Rams. They only gave up 100, or I'm sorry, they only gave up 76. But their other two losses to the Chargers and the Seahawks were uh, like 330 yards combined between those two rushing attacks. Is there any, is there, is there any causation with those two, th- those factors? I mean, is it that the, the, the Chiefs are allowing the running game to take hold so that they can feast on the pass? Or is this just something that is just a, an, all, an out-and-out weakness with them? I think this is what is, is the scariest to me. I look at the bye week for the Chiefs, which was week 12, and you mentioned the two games prior to New England and Los Angeles. And then you mentioned the losses after the bye week, Los Angeles and Seattle. Um, again, two different Los Angeles. That's a little confusing. Before the bye week, it was the Rams. <laughs> after the bye week, it was the Chargers. And what is, is, is bad about it is, is that, that team that lost to the Patriots and Rams, they were right there. Whereas it felt like the Chargers and the Seahawks were the better team on those nights. Like, I felt like the first two before the bye, I could have went either way. And I think it has a lot to do with Sammy Watkins and Kareem Hunt. And, again, it's just been so unclear if, it's, if the Chiefs are just missing Sammy Watkins um, or, they're miss, or they're really missing both of them because they exited at the same time. Mm-hmm. And that's why, again, there's certain injuries that I'm really watching for the Chiefs, Spencer Ware being one of them and Sammy Watkins being the other. I think one of the things that, that Chiefs fans should be probably happy about and Colts fans might need to be concerned about is the fact that the four losses that the Chiefs took this year were for a combined total of 14 points. That's something that the right. Colts absolutely have to be able to do is separate themselves if they're given the opportunity. If the Chiefs stay in this game, there's a pretty good chance that they are going to be out, come out on top. And we mentioned the running game. It, it's, it seems to be that the Colts not only have been establishing that recently and a few different other uh, times throughout the year, Frank Reich wants to establish it. The Colts passed in their first drive this past weekend uh, almost exclusively, and then the second drive they were almost exclusively on the ground. So I think that just being able to have that in your repertoire is something that Frank Reich needs for his play calling, quite honestly. Is there any, is there any, uh, is there any worries about uh, his play calling, that he's one of the better play callers? Do they kind of just chalk it up to the combination between him and Luck? What, what are Chiefs fans thinking about uh, the combination of Frank Reich and Andrew Luck right now? I think it's interesting, and it may lead to a chess match because you think of Frank Reich, and I know he's been around the league quite a bit, but he most recently came from Doug Peterson, who came from Andy Reid. Mm-hmm. So Andy Reid was asked about that this week, and they said the play calling is somewhat similar. They do a lot of similar things um, because, again, it's the elite quarterback and the crafty um, play caller. So if there's anyone I think that can maybe manage or help Bob Sutton, who's a defensive coordinator, with what Frank Reich and, the, and this a quarterback can do. It's Andy Reid, who's kind of been like the mastermind of this. And in, in kind of a couple levels here, you, you know, you think about six levels of Kevin Bacon. It's a little bit of pupil, even though they've never really worked together just because of the Peterson connection and, and just the influence Reid had on Peterson. So it should be interesting to watch. Fascinating, really. And I'm going to ask you about this one more. I'm not taking shots at you guys, so <laughs> please don't do that. <laughs> but we're, we talk about the running game. We, we talk about uh, the red zone issues. Now we talk about Kansas City's issues in giving up big plays. 
I mean, there's that's three things that if I'm a fan of the Colts and they're giving up those three things, I'm petrified that no matter who they play, that they could absolutely run away with a game. Well, that was what made fans more comfortable, like I said, prior to the bye week, because the offense, even even in games when they were giving up a lot of points, the offense really made you feel like they were never out of it because Mahomes could really score at will. That just hasn't necessarily been the case after the bye. And I know you can look at the Raiders game where the Chiefs had 40 points, but I'm telling you, if you watch the game compared to the first 11 of the season, it just wasn't the same offense that day. And then all of a sudden you have a close one with the Baltimore Ravens. You lose two in a row. Again, there was a good defensive performance against the Oakland Raiders. What do the Raiders really have to play for at this point? Mm-hmm. I, 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 I think the big thing you worry about is if, if you're a Chiefs fan is the defense kind of looks, looks the same as it has all year, and the offense can't pick it up. I, 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 like I said, I, I know it's, I'm probably going to sound like a broken record when I say this, but I think a lot of Chiefs fans were happy to see Watkins at least back in the mix because many fans, especially the ones, uh, some of my writers at my website watch a lot of film, the things Watkins does for this offense may not be seen necessarily on the stat sheet, but in the result of the game, it's 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 magnified, um, you know, to the tenth degree. Mm-hmm. So again, that's that's a, that may be the biggest injury to watch, even more so than Eric Berry on the defensive side of the football, who's been back in the mix as well. Interesting, <clears throat> with the Colts uh, being one of the better offensive lines as of late, and getting a lot of notoriety for that now, especially with what they've seen with Quentin Nelson and uh, another rookie. Uh, Braden Smith the Chiefs you know shared the league lead with uh, sacks this year with the Pittsburgh Steelers is that something that you know people are concerned about that they may or may not be able to get to Andrew Luck or do they think that they're pretty confident in the fact that they can get some pressure on Luck because that really makes a big difference in the Colts approach I mean it always does I think anybody who's ever watched Luck play can tell you that if you know and and the same goes for anybody they say the same thing about Brady they say the same thing about anybody uh, who's one of the top quarterbacks in the league when you hit them they change the the Chiefs in my opinion really only have one above average cornerback and his name's Kendall Fuller Steve Nelson is average, and in the past three weeks, they've been playing a, a rookie named Traverius Ward, who I think will probably get targeted on Saturday afternoon. What makes their lives a lot easier is when the Chiefs get a pass rush, and the Chiefs defense, again, has been atrocious all year, but two of their pass rushers, uh, interior pass rusher in Chris Jones um, along the line, and then a linebacker in D Ford, they were named Defensive Players of the Month. They've been outstanding this year. If they can be... Um, if they can be counteracted in this game and the Chiefs, you know, allowing Andrew Luck to have the time to exploit these cornerbacks and secondary, which is, you know, safeties that aren't as good, Eric Berry, who may not be 100%, I think that's where this game can unravel. So that's a true fear of Chiefs fans because the best thing the Chiefs do is rush the passer. If they're keeping Andrew Luck clean anyway, I don't know how you can feel confident about the defense. Hmm. That's interesting because there's just a lot of different aspects to this one. And, and you look at, I mean, I- even the home field advantage is just a massive, uh, a massive advantage, I guess you could say, for the Chiefs here. But you go in, you get in between the lines, and a lot of things change and stuff, man. So what are you, what do you, you, s- you You'd be surprised, I think, if you lived in Kansas City because even, I think, the name Colts, the Colts being 4-0 against the Chiefs in the history of the playoffs and there being these wild wins where, you know, no punt game and then there's, of course, um, the Andrew Luck comeback game. Like, the Chiefs fans aren't necessarily happy to see the Colts written down on the slip either. <laughs> it kind of 
made me laugh today. I was hearing people talk about the last time the Chiefs won a home playoff games was with uh, Joe Montana quarterback. I honestly hope that if I, if I was a Chiefs fan and I heard that, I would be annoyed because that's those are, <laughs> those are some of the dumbest stats that anybody ever puts out, and it means nothing. We're actually recording on the 25th anniversary right now of the last Chiefs playoff home win. <laughs> That's funny. I mean, it is funny because, I, like I said, I think that those stats are ridiculous. I think, you know, you look at it and you act like that they could somehow be cohesive to what's going on right now with this completely different team and completely different coaching staff and, and all that. So Of course. I mean, it, it's okay. But, I mean, it, it's, it's something to think about, I suppose, you know, just for fun that it would be something that would be celebrated if the Chiefs were able to pull it out. Uh, but just all in all, I honestly think – and, and truly think that this could be one of the best games, if not the best game and most exciting game of the weekend here in the divisional round. How do you see this one going, Pete? Uh, I think this one is 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 going to be a dogfight. I think both teams are going to find a way to get on the board. I think finally um, the Chiefs defense will step up a bit. I, I, I feel good about Chris Jones and D Ford maybe being able to crack this offensive line, and then I think it may come down to a last-minute field goal, who has possession. And being with ArrowheadPride.com, I, I, I'm giving that toss-up to the Chiefs, and I have a 31-28 final. Uh, mm. But again, I truly do feel this could go either way. That, that fits my theory, then, because if the Colts have 28, I think that they're going to lose, too. So that's, uh, that's, uh, that's something they've got to get above that. I, I, I'm still sitting at 34. They have to be at 34 or they lose. So this is going to be – I agree with you. I think this is going to be one excellent, excellent football game and I truly can't wait to watch it. In fact, I'm going to make sure that I have my muzzle on so that uh, <laughs> I, I can keep myself respectful throughout the game because <laughs> I have a feeling this is going get, to uh, get pretty wild. So, uh, Pete? Yeah, I, I, I think that no, no doubt should be a, a, a nail-biter and I think a fun one for both sides. I do too. I really do. Pete, thank you for, for joining us here on the Colts cast tonight, man. Really appreciate your insight. And uh, tell everybody where they can catch you on Twitter and, and so on and so forth. Well, of course, you can catch us at Arrowhead Pride, uh, twitter.com slash Arrowhead Pride. And then my personal Twitter account, I do tweet about the NFL and other sports from time to time if you care about that stuff. But it's at PG Swing, P G S W E E N. Absolutely. Make sure that you guys are following him. Guys, check out Arrowhead Pride to kind of see what the enemy, so to speak, has to say about your Colts this week uh, heading into the divisional round. Make sure you guys are getting to iTunes. Give us a rating and review. Hook us up with a good five-star and tell us what you like. And um, if you don't like the show, that's fine, too. That counts as a rating or a review as well. So uh, thank you, Pete, for joining us tonight. Colts fans, we'll talk to you guys here in the next couple days. We should have a show up from Chris. We should have another one from Steven up, hopefully, uh, before the game this weekend. Uh, So we've got a lot to talk about and a lot to discuss. So uh, we'll talk to you guys next time right here on the Colts cast. Stampede Blue. Hello, I'm Ashley Carmen. I'm Caitlin Tiffany. We're the hosts of Why'd You Push That Button, the Verge's show about all the choices technology forces us to make. We're back for season three, talking about questions like, why do you delete your tweets? And why do you type in lowercase letters that make you seem like a serial killer? <laughs> and why are you on an exclusive dating app? You're not that special. <laughs> 
We're releasing a new episode every Wednesday, and you can find us anywhere you typically find podcasts, which is Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts. So go ahead and subscribe and check us out. Hello, I'm Nilay Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it then in that moment. You don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of like afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.